This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. It was announced recently that consulting and auditing firm EY was going to split the company into two separate entities. That was the plan of the lead executives, which, by the way, still needs to be approved by partners around the globe. Reports say that the move is designed to split the two segments due to potential concerns of conflict of interest, as well as the sharp growth on the consulting side. Emily Feldman, management professor at the Warren School, joins us to take a look at this potential move. Hi, Emily. Great to talk to you again. Hi. Good morning, Dan. Great to talk to you, too. So what's interesting here is that when you think about EY, this is a company which, you know, it, it's perceived does very well. And, and I would think that you normally don't see a split proposed like this when you have a company running as well as EY would seemingly be running. Yeah, so this is one of the very counterintuitive uh, things about this and many other kind of situations where companies separate themselves, that it doesn't necessarily have to be in a position of weakness or downturn or poor performance. So a lot of times what we'll see with uh, companies in general, and I think here with EY in particular, is, look, that we just have two different businesses that have these different prospects. The company itself is doing fine as it is. But couldn't we be doing better if we separated those two pieces and allowed each of them to thrive on their own? So I think that's the mentality of what's going on here and really underscoring the point that it doesn't have to be, you know, only limited uh, to these companies that are that are poorly performing or in positions of weakness. So if you can take a moment and, and talk about the history of, of this specific type of separation when you're talking about this industry. Yeah, thanks. So we've been seeing this uh, basically since the 90s, right? It's a bit of back to the future here uh, with uh, sort of uh, these consulting slash auditing companies uh, trying to separate these these disparate businesses and, and having each of them thrive, right? So we saw actually Ernst & Young do it with uh, with its consulting business. I believe they sold it to Capgemini. Um, and then uh, KPMG, I think, separated uh, another its consulting business. I think it was called Bearing Point at the time, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so we see these companies, and there were others as well, right? We've seen this with other companies, too. So we see this a lot, right? And I think, you know, this just underscores the validity of the strategy, right, that we, we have these businesses that don't necessarily fit together. They kind of co-evolve in certain ways over time. But at, right. at certain points, it becomes evident that uh, the time has come to separate and uh, to, to let those two businesses go on their way. So it's, it's interesting, actually, just to see, you know, how much this has already happened uh, in, this, uh, in this particular industry. But what about this concern of potential conflict of interest in regards to EY here between, you know, what's going on in the consulting side and what goes on on the auditing side? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would argue it's the critical one, right? Because, you know, what's holding these two companies back from, you know, thriving to the greatest extent possible within the same uh, corporate household, if you were. The, the point is that the auditing side uh, uh, might be constraining the consulting side from getting all of the business that it might normally be able to access due to these conflict of interest rules uh, that you can't provide these consulting services to audit clients. And so, you know, I think that's that's exactly the point, right, that the consulting business might be held back a little bit uh, by the fact that there is this auditing presence and these auditing relationships. So the logic goes that by separating, uh, there's the ability to allow the consulting side to maximize uh, and really to claim all of those opportunities that might be available to it. 
while the audit business kind of continues along and, and does what it does so well. So I think from that perspective, we can really see uh, the key benefit here of, uh, of the separation. Any other benefits that may, you know, kind of come about, you know, if this split moves forward? Well, definitely. I mean, I think there's tons, right? So, you know, this is what we really see with divestitures in general, that they allow for uh, many improvements along many dimensions of companies operating in financial performance, right? So, you know, one thing that we might be able to see here is, you know, just better focus in terms of allocation of resources, uh, in terms of time and attention of the top management teams, uh, of, you know, just really having each of those businesses kind of stand on its own two feet and do what they do best, right? Sort of this focus on core competencies that we talk about in strategy all the time. Uh, and this is why divestitures in general are so valuable because they allow for that, uh, for that focus that is often compromised in uh, multi-business companies like this one where uh, there are many different businesses or multiple different businesses that might not necessarily move in lockstep with one another. Uh, so I think that's exactly the point here. Well, and, and the fact that it's global, I, I think EY, I, I read, has uh, uh, has offices in 140 or 150 countries uh, right now. And I would think that alone would present quite a few challenges in splitting up the company this way. For sure. Yeah. And I don't mean to make it sound like this is, you know, just completely cost free and, and all benefits. Right. So I think you're 100 percent right to underscore the point that uh, this separation will be quite challenging and many divestitures are quite challenging. We should put that out there uh, as well. So you're right. The network structure here of this company is one of the reasons why uh, this will be difficult, uh, gaining approval from the partners. Uh, you know, kind of getting all, you know, all these different offices and all these different countries to, to move in lockstep with one another uh, will certainly be, uh, be a big consideration. And I think there are many other challenges or costs that we might end up seeing here uh, across the businesses, primarily pertaining to shared resources and the difficulties of disentangling them uh, across the two, the two pieces of the company, right? So, you know, you might yeah. imagine a lot of shared functions uh, that, are, that are used by both sides, right? And so now uh, each of the companies will need to sort of establish those de novo, right? The brand is incredibly powerful and incredibly valuable. So who gets EY? Who gets to be Ernst & Young, right? Or, or do both of them get to do that? And does that maybe compromise some of the benefits of separation? And then even further, there are certain uh, parts of the business that are related to both audit and consulting, right? So the tax business, for example, yeah. uh, kind of has components on each side. Uh, and so even kind of separating out, you know, sort of pieces of the company that serve or, or relate to both audit and consulting uh, could be especially challenging. So, you know, this is not, you know, just a cakewalk of everyone's just kind of separating and it's all going to be easy from there. Uh, there's actually a lot of nuances and details uh, and issues to kind of grapple with as, as the two companies pull apart from one another. Let me circle back then to, to kind of that structure of the company. And, and you mentioned about partners, et cetera, uh, that, that, you know, you probably have a lot of people as at the partner level uh, that would obviously have a, a, a belief on whether or not this is a good idea or not. You probably also have some people that are close to making partner that probably would not be happy with these types of changes going through in the near future? Oh, for sure. I mean, you can imagine a ton of human resources issues that could come up here. I mean, I, I think you're right, especially at the at the sub-partner level, right? So, you know, you're, you're kind of happily plowing along in your job, and all of a sudden, 
you know, the company is completely changing structure, right? So what does it mean uh, for you in terms of your promotion prospects, in terms of your ability to gain partnership uh, in the future, uh, even in terms of the long-term viability of the company? And perhaps, you know, even if we project forward a little bit, you know, what happens, let's say, if uh, the consulting business, uh, you know, ends up merging with some other consulting company in the future, right? What does that mean uh, in terms of uh, your prospects as as uh, an employee within one of these companies? So I don't mean to to sing a song of doom here, right? I think it's, uh, but yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's worth highlighting that you're right. There there are tons of uh, there are tons of issues there uh, when it comes to the people and and how they might be impacted by this uh, by this separation. Well, Right. And, and, and you know, to, to go through something that is also very important is the fact that I think normally when you get any kind of deal like this, one one of the first terms that they look for is kind of the consistencies, you know, where you can where you can shave back, where you can cut personnel and offices. Usually that's a merger between two companies. But you would think that even in a situation with EY, that there may be instances where, you know, personnel may be. Uh, May, may go on to a, a different career or a different company at this point, and some of those offices would be paired back. Yes, definitely. And, and one thing that we see just uh, from research on divestitures in general is that a lot of times uh, divestitures or separations or splits are often accompanied by other types of corporate restructuring aimed exactly like you're saying at reducing costs and gaining efficiencies within uh, the remaining organizations. So it's hard to say exactly what will happen, especially when you uh, when you think that, you know, each of these two businesses might need to sort of reestablish kind of a back office. So there, there might actually be some expansion along that dimension. But you're absolutely right that there could equally be some consolidation as, you know, resources and people need to be uh, realigned and right-sized uh, for, for the company to move forward. Yep. All right. Emily, great to talk with you as always. Thanks for your time. Likewise. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You got it. Emily Feldman from the Wharton School. She is a uh, management professor here at the school. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.